You ever feel like you are pursued by your past? You just can't shake your past. Hmm. Maybe a past relationship or maybe just that mem- that nagging memory that just kind of seems to pursue you. Yeah. Well, the people of God here in Exodus chapter 14 certainly knew that feeling. Mm-hmm. And we're going to see that today. In, liter- in a literal way, in fact, yeah. uh, which we'll get to that. Yep. You're listening Between the Lines. I'm Scott. I'm Junior. And do you want to start verse 1? Yep. Exodus 14 verse 1. How many verses do we have today? We get uh, 31. 31. Okay. Sounds good. Verse 1 says this, Then the Lord gave instructions to Moses, ordered the Israelites to turn back and camp by Pihathroth between Migdal and the sea. Camp there along the shore across from Baal-Zephon. Then Pharaoh will think the Israelites are confused. They are trapped in the wilderness. And once again, I will harden Pharaoh's heart and he will chase after you. (laughs) I have planned this in order to display my glory through Pharaoh and his whole army. After this, the Egyptians will know that I am the Lord. So the Israelites camped there where they were told. Now, this is interesting because God is baiting the Egyptians mm-hmm. in. And, and, and he didn't need to, but God is going to do something. God is going to make the Israelites face their past to then be done with it fully and finally. Yeah, because, and it's cool, that he puts his power on display, but it does in the sense of finality that now the Red yeah. Sea is behind them. Yeah. and those people are gone. And I wonder if God wants to do the same in your life. Like you do have that nagging thing or that past. And I wonder if God is leading you. Maybe you don't want to hear this, but God is leading you toward, hey, you need to confront that. You need to have that conversation and actually put that fully behind you instead of just kind of stewing in it and try to running from mm-hmm. it. This is when the word reached the king of Egypt that the Israelites had fled. Pharaoh and his officials changed their minds. What have they done? Letting all the, what have we done? Letting all these Israelite slaves get away. You know, they probably woke up going, hey, nobody's here making my breakfast or making my bed. So Pharaoh harnessed his chariot and called up his troops. He took with him 600 of Egypt's best chariots, along with the rest of the chariots of Egypt, each with its commander. The Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, so he chased after the people of Israel who had left with fist raised in defiance. The Egyptians chased after them with all the forces in Pharaoh's army, all his horses and chariots, his charioteers and his troops. Egyptians caught up with the people of Israel as they were camped beside the shore near Pi-Heroth across from Baal-Zephon. Now, that would have been a scary sight because mm-hmm. the Israelites, they're not warriors, they're not trained yeah. warriors, they're brickmakers. Yeah. As Pharaoh approached, the people of Israel looked up and panicked when they saw the Egyptians overtaking them. They cried out to the Lord and they said to Moses, why did you bring us out here to die in the wilderness? Weren't there enough graves for us in Egypt? What have you done to us? Why did you make us leave Egypt? Didn't we tell you this would happen while we were still in Egypt? We said, leave us alone. Let us be slaves to the Egyptians. It's better to be a slave in Egypt than a corpse in the wilderness. No, we do that all the time. We choose safety over freedom. We, and this is what they're doing. is they're, they're, they're choosing safety over freedom. And even after all that God had done for them, it's like they left all that in their rearview mirror and just you know forget all about what God has done. We, we want to go back to where we at least we had safety. Yeah. Well, that's probably one of the harder things to hear as a leader is I told you so, you know, from those maybe yeah. under you. And and this is why. And they were wrong. The I told yeah. you so's were wrong. They were. But we do say that sometimes to our leaders, to our mm-hmm. spouses. It's why some of my closest friends and, and my wife, you know, has a rule herself. She'll never say this. Mm-hmm. Even if she ever disagrees and, and we decide to go a way that she, maybe she wasn't keen on, she will never say that. And I appreciate that because it's like, I'm, well, hey, she will I'm if here. she's making fun of you, though. She does like to make fun of <laughs> yeah, you. Yeah, of course. But she's never in like <laughs> no, serious jest, yeah, yep, you know. Yep. Um, 
But again, we can be very guilty uh, of that and mm. shouldn't be. But Pharaoh told the people, don't be afraid. Just stand still and watch the Lord rescue you today. The Egyptians you see today will never be seen again. The Lord himself will fight for you. Just stay calm. Oh, that's something we all ought to memorize right there. The Lord himself will fight for you. Just stay calm. Yeah. Don't get all bent out of shape out of this. Yeah. Let's pick it up at verse 15. You bet. Then the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the people to get moving. It's like, come on, instead of whining, let's get going. Right. Pick up your staff and raise your hand over the sea. Divide the water so the Israelites can walk through the middle of the sea on dry ground, and I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians, and they will charge in after the Israelites. My great glory will be displayed through Pharaoh and his troops, his chariots and his charioteers. When my glory is displayed through them, all Egypt will see my glory and know that I am the Lord. Then the angel of God, who had been leading the people of Israel, moved to the rear of the camp. The pillar of cloud also moved from the front and stood behind them. The clouds settled between the Egyptian and Israelite camps. As darkness fell, the cloud turned to fire, lighting up the night, but the Egyptians and Israelites did not approach each other all night. Then Moses raised his hand over the sea, and the Lord opened up a path through the water with a strong east wind. The wind blew all that night, turning the seabed into dry land. So the people of Israel walked through the middle of the sea on dry ground with walls of water on each side. Yeah, you know, so there, I just want to touch on this for a second because yeah. this is like such a cool story. And there's debate, you know, some scholars um, who are brothers and sisters in Christ, but they'll say, this wasn't the Red Sea, it's the Reed Sea. Yeah. Um, and I, I do not buy into that at all. I did watch a documentary, Dan. I, maybe you sent it to me or I sent it to you. I know we both watched it though where they found a land bridge under the water mm-hmm. yeah. in, in the Red Sea. Right. Like a, a, it was a shallower part. Yeah, yeah, very shallow part, but it looks like a bridge. And in fact, Alexander the Great records that when he was, it was on a very windy day, the, the, the water was actually blown enough where they were able to walk a little bit, not on dry mm. ground, but they were able yeah. to walk on very shallow water across the Red mm. Sea. And so there, we don't know this for sure, yeah. but th- that land bridge that divers have found could definitely be where. Yeah, that this is very interesting. All right, so uh, what verse are we at? Twenty-three. Um, well, the uh, verse twenty-two: the Egyptians walked through the middle of the sea on dry ground with walls of water on each side. Then the Egyptians, verse twenty-three: all of Pharaoh's horses, chariots, and charioteers chased them into the middle of the sea. So they said, "Oh, they can do it. We'll do it." But just right before. Dawn, the Lord broke down on the Egyptian arm, brought down on the Egyptian army the pillar of fire and cloud, and he threw their forces into total confusion. He twisted their chariot wheels, making their chariots difficult to drive. Let's get out of here, away from these Israelites, the Egyptians shouted. The Lord is fighting for them against Egypt. When all the Israelites had reached the other side, the Lord said to Moses, Raise your hand over the sea again. Then the waters will rush back and cover the Egyptians and their chariots and charioteers. So as the sun began to rise, Moses raised his hand over the sea and the water rushed back into its usual place. The Egyptians tried to escape, but the Lord swept them into the sea. Then the waters returned and covered all the chariots and the charioteers, the entire army of Pharaoh, of all the Egyptians who had chased the Israelites into the sea. Not a single one survived. But the people of Israel had walked through the middle of the sea on dry ground. As the water stood up like a wall on both sides, that is how the Lord rescued Israel from the hand of the Egyptians that day. And the Israelites saw the bodies of the Egyptians washed up on the seashore. When the people of Israel saw the mighty power that the Lord had unleashed against the Egyptians, they were filled with awe before him. 
They put their faith in the Lord and in his servant, Moses. Man, what a great chapter. Yeah. yeah. That's, uh, uh, I mean, just incredible what God did there. All right, we're over in Proverbs then. Let's, uh, okay. Let's Proverbs chapter over, 24 uh, is yep. the corresponding proverb for today. Yeah. I love, uh, I love verse five. Verse five says, A wise man is mightier than a strong man, and a man of knowledge is more powerful than a strong man. So using wisdom and knowledge to plan out your life carefully will make a far greater difference than working out, building muscle mass, and and uh, appearing as though you've got all of this physical strength. You know, and part of this is because that kind of physical strength it does it, it's going to deplete over time. It it you only have so many years when you are young where wisdom and knowledge just accumulates and grows. Yeah, and the true. Uh, way to success in life is by careful planning, using wisdom and making your decisions and in your relationships. And that will give you a, a, a good life. The application for today is don't work out. <laughs> Read a book. No, I'm all for, I'm all for working out <laughs> and uh, I really am, but it just, no, I know. It, you, know you know, a lot of it, when it comes to wisdom, I, I love to spend more time talking about this, but so much of when it comes to wisdom is just take, sitting back, taking your time and thinking some things through rather than reacting on your feelings. Yeah. Yep. And thinking it through. What does God, how does God see this? What's the big picture yeah. here? And of course, getting wise counsel is so much in probably so talking getting wise counsel. We're so reactionary today. It's like, you know, if we feel something, we got to, we either got to like, you know, vent or a lot of times what people do is like, I got to just vomit out on social media. Mm-hmm. And it's it's the wise who, like you said, are just more calculated in their response. Yeah. And that is yeah. more powerful. Yep. All right. Well, October 24th, that was a weird day. It's mm. National Bologna Day and United Nations Day, which kind of seems to go together, in my opinion. <laughs> but that's just my politic. <laughs> It'd be great if it actually worked. But uh, what about bologna? You know, I'm not a fan of bologna. <laughs> and you know what I think of bologna is... You, you were a great you were a great dad you made bologna sandwiches growing up for me i hated it when you made l- lunches for me when i was little it's like bologna sandwiches they were terrible well i like bologna sandwiches so <laughs> you know to me bologna is just a is just a flattened out hot dog and i'm a hot dog lover is it really I, well i don't know i've, I've heard that oh. and, okay <laughs> so anyway yeah sorry right. about that well you know i've got many apologies from when you were growing up <laughs> All right. Well, I don't know what you do with the United yeah. Nations. Maybe go eat some bologna or yeah, not. Well, maybe pray for the Mideast right now. Pray, yeah. for, pray for God Absolutely. to reveal himself in a big and powerful way. Yeah, yeah. Muslims are totally lost and without God and yep. and filled with all kinds of anger and hatred that, yeah. um, you know, against the Jews and, and, and what a lot of Christians don't understand is it's against us as, as Christians as well. It is. And uh, they've, um, you, you really should study the history of what actually took place in that land. Yeah. When it comes to Israel... Uh, you know, we uh, our, our roots are in Israel, but yet they are lost without the Messiah. They are in desperate need of Jesus. Yeah. So pray for what's going on there. That's right. All right. Make it a good one. We'll see you tomorrow.